Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another thrilling and hopefully informative episode of the Duo Sense podcast. My name is Andrew Roscoe, joined by my ever trustworthy and loyal co-host, Johnny. So, guys, welcome, Johnny. I should say you should be welcoming me since we're at your place. Oh yeah, you're my place. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, Andrew. How have you been, Johnny? How's your How's the week treated you so far? I've been good. Not a whole lot this week. No, you've been playing much or not? I did pass a uh, little nightmares too, but I guess we'll get into that later. Okay, all right. Yeah, I touched the game briefly, but yeah, we'll touch upon that later on. So this week, we it's been this past week actually has been a sort of slow. I mean, there's been announcements, but nothing that I feel like we can really delve into. That's like kind of like you know a one note kind of thing. But we did have one major event. Uh, we haven't had a proper Nintendo Direct in close to over a year already. Has it been a year? Yeah, no. they've been. There's been many directs for like, say, like Pokemon or for Smash Brothers specifically, but we haven't had like a general direct where they have so many announcements that are not related to each other, like in over since at least the tail end of 2019. Okay. So we've been overdue for a actual proper. We got a full juicy 50 minute. Nintendo Direct, and there was a myriad of announcements, and I wanted to go over those with you, Johnny, just to see what piques your interest, what you're kind of feeling cold about, and what was kind of just like, what? So we're just going to go ahead and uh, start with Nintendo? So I'm going to list pretty much just about every announcement, which sounds like a lot, but it's not really, and then I want you to at least stop me when you get to one that either A, you want to chime in on, or B, that you actually are looking forward to. Okay. Okay? So, the, right off the bat, we get, of course, in traditional Nintendo Direct style, we get the new character for Smash Brothers. Okay, this... Uh, I haven't played a lot of... Uh, I'm sorry. A lot of Smash Brothers, because I don't have a Switch or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I do love playing the one on the N64, which is the one that we both go at it the most. Um, and, and the Wii one. And the Wii yeah, but it, but it is cool seeing all these characters that, that they've integrated. I just want to know what the characters you think should be the last two, right? Right. So we have uh, the reveal was, of course, uh, I want to remember the name, Mithra and Pyra, who I believe, don't quote me on this, are either alter egos of each other or they're related in some way because you can swap between both of them in, in combat. Mm-hmm. And they are from the game Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, they are allies of the main character, Rex. And there hasn't been a Xenoblade Chronicles character since, I want to say, the Smash Brothers that came out on 3DS uh, a while back. I can't remember the name. But that one... So you've played these games? Ac- yeah. No, I've never played a Xenoblade Chronicles game. I have not. They're JRPGs. And I love JRPGs, but for some reason, this one just never really appealed to me. I don't know if it's the art style or the cutesy look. It just never appealed to me. But now I'm curious. Now that I saw this and I saw like the there was a huge like fan reaction from people who were like like yeah like this is what we wanted. And I'm like okay maybe maybe it is worth visiting. I mean maybe it is worth trying out. But um, I'll do that when I'm doing better financially because <laughs> it's still a full price. Nintendo games rarely ever come down in full in value. So who do you want as a uh, new characters? Right, that's what I was trying to say. This this one, there's only two characters left in the battle pass for the second battle pass, and I really for the last two, 
Maybe not for the last two, but definitely for the last one, I want there to at least be a character who's not from a Nintendo uh, property. So the latest ones, I think she looks really dope. I think her her moveset looks really legit. What what are the names again? Pyra and Mithra. Yeah, um, they look pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as who you think would be next, I think Crash would be a dope addition. Th- this this is the very last one. This one's a yeah. Crash is definitely a very huge, popular like online. Like the support for Crash to join Smash is. Probably, I think that Crash is the most requested character right now, mm-hmm. just because people want that Sony representation. Even though Crash doesn't belong to Sony anymore, he is, of course, often associated with it just because of you know his origins. Yeah, Crash makes the most sense because I'm thinking of having played Crash Bandicoot one, two, three, Warped. Uh, I'm trying to remember uh, Wrath of Cortex. It's the other ones. Like he has a diverse move pool. Mm-hmm. He has if you wanted to do the down B, like when you're in the air, like like Kirby does, like the slam into a rock thing. Crash has his version of that where he just falls flat. He has range. He can throw either like a TNT or a nitro box or even like a Wampa fruit. Yeah. He even has like the the fruit bazooka from. Um, yeah. I want to say four, maybe three. I, no, yeah, it's from Crash Three Warped. And the special, what was the character's name? The face, the mask. Aku Aku. Yeah, that 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 would be his that, his final smash move, right? Yeah, when he breaks the that. orb, just I I can imagine him like putting on the mask and just zipping around the, the field and just like you know knocking people out, kind of like how the hammer does. Mm-hmm. I feel Crash, and I think the majority of people out there online would agree that Crash is an obvious, such an obvious and perfect fit. It's like either a you know. Nintendo's being tone deaf. B, uh, Universal's not being cooperative with them. Or C, they're saving him for last. Yeah, we it has really, to be one of those three. We really want a Sony property, but there's nothing that really matches, you know, with that style. You you can't just throw in Kratos in there or Aloy. So Kratos it would be just too like I know Kratos is in Fortnite, but I don't see. I mean, move. Set wise, Kratos could work. Obviously, he has the range. He has like the, the grab and throw with the blades of Olympus. I mean, the blades of chaos. But they also put in a snake from Metal Gear. True. So that transition was pretty cool. True. Yeah, they. That's right. They do have snake. Uh, I just. What if they got someone for um, uh, Monster Hunter? Huh? Mm, nah, I don't think so. I don't. I mean, that could work. But yeah, I could see that if they chose like the just the generic hunter from the game, I could see like having all the different weapons correspond to different move sets. Mm-hmm. Like we have the lance for like range, we have like knives for short range, we have the the I'm trying to remember what's the there's like a chain shot kind of thing for like grappling for like you know your recovery from falling. Okay, that could work. Uh, I'm just not too keen on. If I had Monster Hunter, I would want one of the main monsters from Monster Hunter to be the representative for that game. So like Rathalos or maybe the Anjanath. Or even or you like know what would be better? A small version of uh, them? Is no, that what you're saying? Yeah, like scaled down kind of like how they have um they have Ridley, which is that big purple raptor from Metroid. Alright. Ridley is like a huge monster, but they're able to make Ridley work in this. Like preferably, I think would be a really cool addition would be if they just put the palico, like a little cat character in there. Oh, palico would be dope. The palico would work oh. just because like it's cutesy. There's enough. They have the armor. They have like enough variation where they can do different gadgets and stuff and tools. Palico makes perfect sense for Monster Hunter. Mm. 
But uh, yeah, just for the last two, please don't make them Nintendo properties. Like something different from N- Nintendo. We have Pac-Man. We have Sonic. We have. Is there anything left in Nintendo that? Yeah, I mean they could still. There's plenty of Nintendo properties out there. Like they can even pull in like another. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Uh, famous last words but one of the most requested characters is waluigi which is like the you've seen the purple very the he's the he's the wario 2 luigi kind of i'm surprised they haven't done that but it does make sense to do it why not what do you mean why not did you say it doesn't no it does oh i'm sorry yeah yeah it makes, makes perfect sense you have wario in there you have luigi you have mario you're missing like one fourth of but they're just too similar the most that it's it's probably gonna be identical so yeah i don't know how that would work i mean it's nintendo doesn't have a problem having characters with with similar movesets that's why they have like the echo fighters mm-hmm. like ken and ryu are fight very similarly daisy and peach used to fight similarly now they're kind of slightly different but i could see waluigi as being just like basically like a skin swap for regular luigi yeah it could happen but uh yeah so Nintendo, if you, for the last two characters, please, non-Nintendo properties. Moving on, Johnny, we saw that uh, Fall Guys, summer's last summer's big hit, is coming to Switch. Which, to me, is a surprise because I thought it was already on Switch. Okay. But apparently it's not. It's coming this summer now. And I'm kind of thinking fall. it's a little late for Fall Guys, don't you think? Don't you think, like, the train has kind of moved on? I remember when Fall Guys came out and it was, like, a hit for a month. And then Among Us kind of just stole the thunder. I... I don't know. I kind of feel like uh, I think Fall it's Guys has go ahead more longevity than than what's the other one? Among Us. Yeah, I feel like the popularity for Fall Guys came and just went as quickly, and I think it's just too late for this announcement to really matter. Well, Fall Guys is a lot more fun than that other one. I can't even subjective. Get the name. That's subjective. I don't think so. That's subjective. Having played both, I agree with you, but. I don't think everybody, I don't think you can just throw a blanket statement like that and say, like, like this, it's a fact or something. <laughs> There's just not a lot to, uh, I still can't remember the damn name. Among Us. So, Among Us, it's just Secret Hitler. It's not, it's too, too much of the same thing over and over. And just for clarification, Johnny's referring to the game Secret Hitler. He is not making a tasteless Hitler joke. Yeah. You told me about that game, but yeah, what else do you have? All right. After that, we got uh, Outer Wilds, which was uh, an indie game I kind of missed out on. I didn't play. That looks really good. I like the color palette on that. Yeah, Outer Wilds is is kind of uh, it's an indie darling, I would say. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty dope. The, its art style is definitely one of the things that makes it stand out. I kind it came out at a time where I was just playing other games and I kind of it just slipped under my radar. Yeah, and it had a lot of controversy to it, so. Outer Wilds? Uh, is it Outer Wilds? Or, oh, I'm thinking about um, the other space game. Oh! Um, something Star. I know what you're talking about. How would you get that confused with Outer Wilds, though? It's just the name. You're thinking of the the one... It's like the it's like the crowdfunded game, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I forgot the name. The name I'm blanking on the name. It's something Star... Star... Something... Star Citizen? Is it Star no, Citizen? it's not Star Citizen. Citizen Star? Something Star. I know what you're talking about. But that's not... It's not that game. That's not that game. After that, we got a really weird, obscure announcement about Famicom Detective Club. Don't know what that is. 
It was so in the trailer, it was kind of like a visual novel. Apparently, it's a being a it's a remake of a 1988 NES game that only came out in Japan. It's like a mystery novel. Skip it. Really weird. Yeah, strange announcement. Uh, we got a trailer for Samurai Warriors Five. I never played the previous no. four. Not my thing. Legend of Mana. This one is a remake of a PS1 RPG, the original Legend of Mana. Never played it. I've played Mana games, but I've not played that one. Then we got Monster Hunter Rise. That John- was good. Johnny, was as someone good. who has recently just started Monster Hunter World, what did, did watching the trailer for Monster Hunter Rise do anything for you? It looks cool. I like the setting. But... The game still hasn't kind of grabbed I you. I honestly haven't played enough to really get what you're getting out of it. I like I, t- I I was talking to you last week and I was like, hey, it'd be cool if you could kind of just climb on top of them and do this and that and that. And you're like, it has all that shit. You just need to keep playing it. Exactly. I think they showed that in the trailer, didn't they? They show like there's more verticality to this game. Well, I was watching the trailer not realizing that it was Monster Hunter. I was like, what is this game? I want to play this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then so at the end, they told me it was uh, Rise, right? Monster Hunter Rise. So I was yeah. like, oh shit, I feel stupid. <laughs> These mechanics are in here. So you did see the mechanics I was talking about then, right? For the tra- for this latest trailer, yeah. Okay, those a lot of those are in world. You just have to progress a little bit further in the game. Well, I don't know if that's going to be... What I just mentioned, I don't know if it's going to be enough for me. Because I have this thing with games... And making like Final Fantasy, where you make contact with them and they behave like you're just hitting a rock, like that, a like a bullet sponge with Borderlands kind of. Yeah, it's that shit is annoying to you me. You want to have that that reaction that uh, what's that, what's the Isaac Newton's for a reaction? There's a opposite. opposite there you go. That's what you want, right? Yes. You want Newton's law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think Monster Hunter does have that. You're just if you're using daggers, so what you told me you are. Yeah. You're not gonna get that kind of reaction from the di- from the dinosaur from the monsters. <laughs> you need to hit him with a strong, heavy weapon for that kind of thing to happen. So, in the words of many internet trolls, "Get good, Johnny. Get good." Moving on, I, I, honestly, I'm very excited for Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, I would definitely be snagging that. So is that a? That's just a DLC, right? No, this is an entire. This is a, a sequel. So it's. So it's it's like Iceborne because Iceborne they say it's like, Iceborne oh, is DLC. Oh shit! It's a sizable DLC, but Rise is a full fledged individual sequel. All right, and I believe it's only coming on Switch, so it can't it can't be a it can't be an expansion to Worlds. So Monster Hunter is not on Switch. The the one you're playing is yeah. not. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So this is pointless to me. <sighs> I guess so. Okay. I guess. I mean, to be truthful, a lot of this is going to be pointless to you if you don't have a Switch. Because it's all Switch announcements. N- there is some multi-platform announcements, but... That's a good point. Yeah. After Monster Hunter, we get the game that I... One of the games I'm most looking forward to, because I haven't played a good one in a long time. Mario Golf Super Rush. No. Really? Golf doesn't do anything for you, Johnny? No. Not even Mario? You don't enjoy the Mario variants of the sports games? Mario Strikers, Mario Tennis. If it's not Smash Brothers or Mario Party, I don't really care. I can't argue against that. That's a that's a that's a that's a good take. That's a good take. Yeah, Mario Kart doesn't do it for me anymore. Okay, and you just lost the good take you had. You just lost it. Mm-hmm. You don't like Mario Kart? No, it feels like it's on rails. And they what? Ru- they rubber band too much. 
Okay, but the, all racing games are guilty of that. Yeah, but that's like so obvious. No, in Mario Kart, it's not rubber banding. It's the blue shell that always knocks out whoever's in first. Well, it, I, either way, it's, it's been proven if you're further behind, you get better power ups. Yeah, that's retarded. No. <laughs> all right, Johnny. All right. Next one was uh, Tales from the Borderlands, which is a telltale, telltale game based on the Borderlands universe. One of my favorite games. Uh, it's coming to the Switch. Not much else. It's just a straight port, it looks like. Did you play Tales from the Borderlands, Johnny? Is it the Quick Time? Yes, the visual novel. Yeah, one. it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was surprised. Yeah. Okay, we both agree on something. That's good. <laughs> then we got the Capcom Ar- Arcade Stadium. That... It really didn't do much for me. It just ports a bunch of older arcade games. None of them really significant or at least not important to me. I had no ties to any of them, so that was kind of just like whatever. Uh, there's a really weird port of Stubbs the Zombie, which was like a PS2 game, if I remember correctly. Uh, just really random to bring that up, especially like more than a decade later. Mm-hmm. Going on to close to almost two two decades later strange uh we got that cool trailer for no more no more heroes 3 the one with the aliens and with travis touchdown the guy who has like a very like lightsaber like weapon it was a cel-shaded one he has like glasses did you remember this one johnny i think i skipped it okay okay yeah no more heroes not for everybody i like the visual style it looks cool having not played the first two i'm not sure how to feel about this one then we got the trailer for neon white johnny you might remember this is the one with uh the main voice, the main character is voiced by uh, Steve Bloom. He's Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. You may also recognize him as Tom from Toonami. No. No. This was a weird one. I have, I still have no idea what the game is. Uh, I'm just excited because it has Steve Bloom attached to it, but I really have no idea what the game looks like. It's, supposedly, it's like a first-person action card game. Not sure how that's going to work. I'll have to wait for like a demo or something. Next game that was shown was the DC Superhero Girls Teen Powered. Did you remember this one, Johnny? I skipped a lot of this. Do you re- you remember seeing this one with, mm-hmm. with Barbara Gordon, aka Batgirl? It's the very cutesy looking DC game. No. It's not for me. Yeah, I go ahead. If it came out with a demo? Maybe I would try it just to see what the gameplay is like. Because the gameplay, I didn't see any real gameplay. But I'm curious enough just because it's DC. Were you going to say something, Johnny? Or was I? No, no. Okay. Then we saw Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville, which I believe is a port of, well, the game of the same name that's already out on PS4 and Xbox One. Um, I played Plants vs. Zombies uh, Garden Warfare. That one's fun. And Garden Warfare 2, both are fun games. They play kind of like Call of Duty, but third person and as plants and zombies. What Call of Duty? <laughs> well, Garden Warfare is like a spin-off that plays like a competitive like is a this multi- first person? No, it's third person. Okay. But you play either as a plant or as a zombie with guns. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of funny. Then we got Meetopia, which honestly just why? Why Nintendo? Full price game too. I think I saw a screenshot where somebody showed like it was like sixty dollars. I was like, why? Just, just no, no, don't do this to us. Next, we got Animal Crossing getting Mario items. Oh, fuck Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. 
That's a, that's a a bold take from a bold Johnny. Yeah, Animal Crossing is not my thing. I don't feel as strongly about it as Johnny does, but uh, not my thing. Although it's cool, I like. Did you see they have like a warp pipe where you can like warp? Actually, you can put a warp pipe where you want, and you can like teleport around the island. No, no interest in that game. You suck, Johnny. All right, then by far the highlight for me was Project Triangle Strategy. Johnny, did you see this one? No, I didn't. I'm surprised you're not excited about it. this one. You like XCOM, and it's that kind of gameplay. What is it called? Project Triangle Strategy. It's the one where it has like the 2D characters on the 3D backgrounds. All right. It's the strategy medieval looking RPG. By far, I'm I'm super excited about this one. Mainly because tactical RPGs are my favorite genre, but also because it's done in the Octopath style, where it's like I said, it's very 2D, 8-bit looking. But the backgrounds, the environments are very 3D. Okay, that's why I skipped it. Fleshed I'm not into, out. I'm not into like 8-bit, low-res stuff. I think you... I, I, I have the demo. Mm-hmm. I downloaded the demo. The demo for the game is available. I, I haven't played it. I haven't had time yet. I've been very busy with work. But I plan on playing the demo when I get home later tonight. Uh, I think you should still keep an eye out, Johnny, because it look the gameplay looks pretty good. And I know you like XCOM. It's that exact same type of combat. It's the exact same kind of gameplay as XCOM. I don't know if you're going to be at XCOM, dude. I'm not saying it's going to be XCOM. I'm just saying it's that type of game. But not sci-fi-ish and not with aliens. But it's fantasy. Yes, it's very fantasy. As listeners might remember from last week, Johnny, not a big fan of fantasy. But he's going to learn today. He's going to learn today. No. Okay, maybe I'll not. stick to my sci-fi. <laughs> Alright, Johnny, you are an enigma. Next one after that was Star Wars Hunters. Oh, this looks kind of cool. Do you think this is going to be like a Smash spinoff? Or? So, funny enough, I actually delved into Star Wars Hunters a little more. I looked up on the Star Wars blog because I, uh, I actually wrote an article about this one. This one I actually did write a small piece about Star Wars mm-hmm. Hunters because I was intrigued. Like, what exactly is this? And the site that I write for, uh, geeknewsnow.net, is very big on Star Wars, so it was o- obvious choice. Uh, apparently, Star Wars Hunters is a is not only coming out to Switch, it's also coming out on iOS and Google or Google. I'm sorry, Stadia and Android. There you go. Okay. It's meant to be from how it's presented from the blog. I think it's it's a multiplayer team based action sort of arena game which to me sounds like what johnny what do you think like a battle royale yeah exactly like a battle royale this sounds like it seems like lucasfilm games because it's being done with zynga which is known for their mobile their mobile uh games that brings it down for me (laughs) yeah but i'm thinking this sounds like it's meant to be sort of like a star wars doesn't have like a battle royale like niche already it sounds like it's trying to fill that and just I'm thinking of like the keywords I remember from the from the Star Wars article on their blog was multiplayer, team based, uh, epic battle arena. Like just hearing those words together, I'm thinking arena, team based, multiplayer, overworld. This sounds very battle royale ish in nature. Okay, we'll see if it's that. Because I'm thinking like that's the only kind of game really that it because it said it's live like a uh, not live action. What are we talking about? It's not turn based. It's not it's not something turn based. It's like live like. So I'm thinking this is gonna be something along the lines of either like Overwatch, 
or something more like Fortnite. Because all the characters are supposed to be like it's actually has it has a setting. It takes place between episode six and seven. So this is before the sequel trilogy, after the original trilogy. The fact that it has a setting and they confirm like we're going to get like characters we haven't seen before. Like, did you remember the holograms? There's like a woman with like a red lightsaber. There's a stormtrooper with like a Gatling laser gun. Yeah. Yeah. Those look, they look cool. We see a Mandalorian with like dual pistols. He's like trolling dual pistols. And then the last hologram is a Wookiee with like two axes. So I like the idea of it. I just don't like that this um, is going to translate well to mobile. It makes me think the mechanics are going to be just stupid. This is definitely going to be like a microtransaction-based game, I can tell. That's why I'm thinking it's Battle Royale, because they said this will be free to download and play. Oh, man. It's losing my interest quick. It, this makes sense, because like in the in my article that I wrote, mm-hmm. if you guys want to check that out again, that is at geeknewsnow.net. You can find my article under Star Wars Hunter. I mentioned that recently... Star Wars has done really well with its other mobile uh, phone games. Uh, there's a game called Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes that has, since it came out in 2015, has brought in $1.2 billion in revenue, which is like unheard of for like a mobile game, really. I mean, outside of your Fortnites, outside of your Candy Crushes, outside of like the big ones. So it seems like Lucasfilm is like, hey, there's money to be made in this mobile space. Now, you and me, we, I guess we could say, I don't want to use the term hardcore gamer, but we're definitely not the demographics for mobile games, right? Mm-hmm. We're not the targeted audience for that. We want a, give me a, you know, a game that I can pay for once. Yeah, this is just depressing to me because we're spending <laughs> resources on the mobile. Well, game. it's, it's not resources that they need because it's being done by Zynga. So it's not like Zynga's got anything better to do. So it's not like this isn't like taking away from, say, another Battlefront sequel or right. Zynga is a primarily mobile. If they're not going to do it for Star Wars, they're going to do it for something else. So that's not that much of an issue. But anyways, moving on from that. After that, we got this really weird trailer, Johnny. I don't remember. There's like a ninja. There's like a football player. There's like a little cartoon girl. Knockout City. No. With the with the SWAT team member. And like, it seems really weird. I still have no idea what this is supposed to be, but it's. This one is multi-platform. We know that. It's not just for Switch. So you can be just as uninformed and confused about it on PS4. We get to Worlds and Club. This one is a... I want to say it's like not a visual novel. But this was the one where like... Do you remember like say our game is canceled? Like what do you mean? Do you remember uh, this weird trailer? I I'll, I'll, I understand why you won't remember this one. This is the one being done by uh, NIS, uh, Nippon Ichi. They do the they do my some of my favorite games like Disgaea series. They did uh, Zeros Zeros was it? Uh, Last Reward. They've done mostly like a very they have a very specific, very Japanese niche of doing like visual novel style games. They did a Dangon Rampa game, which Brian, if you're listening, you know which one that is. I don't know. Um, uh, if there's a demo for it, I'll try it. Then we saw that Hades got a physical release. Not big deal. Just like if you want to play it physically, now you can. Before, you just had to download it. That's barely worth noting. How long is that game? Hades? Yeah. It's pretty short. You can beat it in under an hour. But you're not going to beat it in under an hour on your first time because you will get slaughtered. It's one of those games you have to to start over and over and over and you get stronger each time. 
Right. It's we'll call it roguelite. Next one we got the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection, which is the trilogy for Ninja Gaiden uh being ported to the Switch. Then after Ninja Gaiden, we got uh Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, getting an expansion pass. Not a huge fan of Hyrule Warriors, which is this is the this is the Legend of Zelda version of Dynasty Warriors. What do you think about this one, Johnny? Do, do you have any affinity for... I've never played the Zeldas. But you have played Dynasty Warriors. Oh, uh, wait. Yes, uh, it was fun on the PS2. But uh, continue. Okay, right. Then we got to Bravely Default 2, which is a JRPG, which I'm very excited about. And we all know how Johnny feels about JRPGs. Hold on, did you address the Zelda? That's why I brought it up. I'm sorry? Did you address Zelda? Yeah. Just literally just right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> then we got Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection, which seems to be like an updated port of Ghosts and Goblins. Neither you or I really have any special love or history with Ghosts and Goblins, so that was kind of like, eh. Basically, the theme of this Direct is here's remasters and ports of past games. Then we got the Saga Frontier remastered uh, trailer, which, again... No one really cares about Saga. Even amongst JRPGs fans, no one cares about Saga. That's just like... It's a very frustrating series of games that just... Mm, there's no there's no hardcore, really hardcore fan base for that series. It's just it's just a waste, really. It's just a waste. Then we got Apex Legend, Legends coming to Switch. Johnny, you have somewhat of a history with Apex Legends. You just play. You'll get into it. You're not too late. Are you sure I'm not too late for it? No, there's a that's not exactly how I feel about Overwatch. I feel like I'm too late for Overwatch. Like I missed the zeitgeist. No, there's still a giant player base for it. Even for newbies. Yeah. Okay, I might have to give it a try. Is it as fun as Warzone? I think it is. Is it like? Do you like arrive with a loadout, or do you have to like procure weapons on site? Okay, that's the part I hate having to loot everything going into the building. That's the fun part. Hate looting. That's the fun part. So, what makes it really fun is that you. You uh, let your special load up, and uh, you work as a team, you know? So The characters have, like, individual specific, like, traits, right, and abilities? Like, they're character-specific, right? Yeah, but you have this, like, uh, symbiosis with your team, mm-hmm. where, you, where you expect your team member to do something with, your, with their special, and then you top it off with your own special, so there's this... Okay, so it's like a stacked order of like uh, executing specific yeah, things. Yeah, if you have a good team on your side, yeah. Okay. Well, it's coming out to Switch. Is Apex the kind of game that you think would do well on Switch? Is there... Is, no. Are controls going to be an issue you would foresee for Apex on Switch? No, not the controls, just... um. I'm surprised it's coming to Switch. Is Apex... Le- is it like graphic intensive or not really? For Switch? Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's going to... It's going to stutter a lot. Or it's probably going to be like... I think there's going to be a ton of frame rate drops. Or running on lower settings kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I don't think... Yeah, I'm not the expecting textures it. textures aren't going to... I'm not thinking... I don't think the Switch port is going to be like the ideal version of the game. Yeah. <laughs> so after Apex, we got what I consider, and what you kind of laughed at earlier, as the biggest troll. We got the whole Legend of Zelda announcement where we got the director for Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. to... Two. To kick rocks. <laughs> he's like oh you probably just uh, you probably saw me and thought that we were, I was going to talk about Breath of the Wild too, which just to me was just uh, it was just so just 
hilarious. Like, why would you even... I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. It's like showing up to a party, a birthday party, and it's like, hi, you probably thought I was going to bring you a birthday present. But I didn't. It's like, it's the same kind of thing, like, where he's like, like, don't get too excited. I'm, I'm glad they at least went, like, don't get too excited. Like, this isn't what this is about. Like, more updates about that will come in the future. Right now, I'm just here to introduce you to this other Zelda game. You know, the one you didn't ask for. <laughs> Which, ironically, I think is worse than not getting any announcements. Like, rubbing salt in the wound. <laughs> so, is the same studio working on that? It's always the same. I believe it's always the same people. Working. So, they are taking resources from... From one game to make a, I guess a so, game. but I don't think it takes many resources to just port a game. Okay. Although they did say they were... Well, they had new mechanics and all that, right? Yeah, so the original Skyward Sword was much more motion-based, and because of the existence of the Switch Lite, which you can't like take off the Joy-Cons, like they're stuck to the system, all right. they had to actually remap the controls so you could actually play the game with actual traditional controls. So now when you use your sword, it's all like context sensitive with the with the right Joy-Con. Yeah. So you have to like swing in the direction with the analog stick. And it's just the port. It doesn't doesn't look very good. Well, I mean, it the original was a Wii game. It's like it's there's only so much you can do with that. So, so yeah, Skyward Sword HD coming to Switch. Yeah, I believe it was in July. So whoever's interested in that, there you go. Then we got what's probably for Nintendo fans the biggest kind of final announcement and that is splatoon 3 to me it just looks fun i never got a chance to play it that's really all i got to say about it splatoon's yeah splatoon's not my thing it doesn't it just i feel like i'd rather just be playing like a traditional tactical shooter in that case i'd rather play tetris and that's not at all comparable to tetris johnny no. okay <laughs> okay <laughs> and that was it really so for me um Star Wars Hunters could be interesting. Project Triangle Strategy is my highlight with Mario Golf being my second highlight. And that was about it. A lot of people were upset with this direct just because we haven't got one in over a year. So for them to like bring this and not pull out the big guns, like no new Mario sequel, no you know Mario Odyssey 2 or any sequel, Mario Galaxy 3 or anything... No Pokemon news, nothing Pokemon related, which, I, like I told you earlier, I think the Pokemon stuff is coming later this month because of, it's the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. So we'll probably get Pokemon Snap news later, probably news about the sequels or remakes or whatever later this month. Mm -hmm. People really wanted more Metroid news, and there was no Metroid whatsoever. No Star Fox, no Metroid. None of the traditional big, big... Have, this, have those been out on this generation? All right. On Switch, we have n we haven't gotten anything Metroid. Definitely nothing Star Fox I can think of. I'm surprised there was no Fire Emblem announcement because Fire Emblem is kind of like the bigger thing now. It was just really barren. I mean, there was something for everyone, but like in 50 minutes, there was like two things I really liked. What is the beginning of the year? So can we really play them that much for it? Yeah, I guess you're right. That's fair. Anyways. That was our biggest, uh, bigger story for today's episode. Uh, the next thing up here that Johnny and I were talking about earlier, and is a slightly egregious, is the announcement of a. I'm gonna pull up the story here on Eurogamer. This is a this announcement of a Saudi sovereign fund acquires 3.3 billion stake in Activision, EA, and Take Two. 
And 4.4 billion in Uber, which interesting choice there. Some the other part. I'm gonna get there, Johnny. I'm gonna get there. So this article, written by Tom Phillips for Eurogamer, let's get into it. it. Says the Saudi Public Investment Fund, or PIF, the country's investment group. So obviously this country being Saudi Arabia, the country's investment group, chaired by the controversial Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has scooped up shares in big-name game publishers Activision Blizzard, EA, and Take-Two, worth more than $3.3 billion. The investments were made in the fourth quarter of last year and have come to light now in a U.S. Sec- Securities and Exchange Commission filing reported by Al Jazeera. That filing shows the PIF, again, headed by the prince, now owns $1.3 billion in shares in Call of Duty publisher Activision Blizzard and $1 billion in shares of for FIFA maker EA. This equates to around 3.5% and 2.6% respectively of those companies' total shares. Because remember, Johnny, earlier you were confused about how much bargaining power he would have. Yeah, it's a, a super small percentage. It has also invested $825 million in GTA publisher Take-Two, which is about 3.5% of that company's total shares. Slightly bigger chunk for a little less money. And, of course, um, I'm just going to summarize, go straight to the end, because the end part is probably the biggest WTF of this article. And that is the last part. It says, Prince Salman is a noted video games fan who has previously said he enjoys Call of Duty. He has also been blamed by the CIA for the assassination of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Thank you, Johnny. I was about to ask you that. While his rule of Saudi Arabia has kept up the country's notoriously poor human rights record with homosexuality still criminalized with punishments ranging from floggings to the death penalty. Johnny, Mm -hmm. should gamers be concerned that a murderous Saudi prince has a somewhat of a stake in our beloved, I mean, I'm using the word beloved lightly, uh, in our video game companies of Activision slash Blizzard, EA, and Take Two, how do you how do you feel about this guy? I don't know what to say about this anymore because it's like like I mentioned Disney last time, right? And we had the whole thing with uh, Gina Carano and then canceled. That Disney was her name. Club. I was trying to remember her name. Yeah. So with him being in the mix, I just it doesn't compel me to want to buy anything from like ea you know like i'm i'm really looking forward to uh to mass effect right from bioware but this makes me like you fuck them like i don't give a fuck so does this actually deter you in it a way? does influence me like my purchasing decisions i had this talk with you earlier today where i said it's whenever it comes to these companies like People say like, oh, you know, capitalism or this is terrible. And then they'll point out like, oh, but you're using, you know, an Apple product to like say that statement or like, mm-hmm. oh, but you got that Starbucks cup in your hand and stuff. It's like, it's always tricky deciding what things are worth standing for and which things are not worth standing for. I think because if we took issue with every single company over anything they've ever done, I feel like we would just be like Amish people. Everything would have to be sourced by ourselves. Yeah, but I feel like we let them get away with too much before it's too fucking late, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we don't early on decide, like, fuck your product. Like, I could find this somewhere else. And then instead, we keep buying their product, and then we just outsource their products 
all our fucking products to places like China. And then we don't produce them ourselves anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, so you do you expect us to set. start making our own games, so to speak? No, but you to, like you're supposed to just boycott the shit when you don't like it, right? And then right. they start saying, "Speak with like, your wallet." Yeah, some companies will, will come up and be like, "Hey, we're only just gonna make products that are pro-American, right?" Mm-hmm. And then so you gotta start like saying no to this shit as early as you can. No, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm just thinking like. It's just, it's just so, just the article, the way it's written just seems, it seems. No, because not really making light of it. It just seems so, I guess there's so many headlines I read just like in the last three, four years. It's just, it's just like, like, yeah, that's a thing now. You know what I'm saying? So it's just weird to say like, oh yeah, this Saudi prince who's pretty much guaranteed killed this reporter now just owns a portion of you know the video game companies that you've grown up with and it's just it's just so weird it's kind of i just like how it casually mentions like oh by the way like he is a he has mentioned in the past he's a fan of call of duty i'm just thinking of someone with that kind of money like you know what i really like this game so let me invest a sizable chunk of my fortune into the company that makes the game so okay what are the games that they make that you like off the bat like I can't like and not even ironically I Activision first thing Call of Duty mm-hmm. Call of Duty is my biggest I went out borderline addiction but really it's my favorite like multiplayer game of all time franchise Call of Duty just that's my thing yeah for me it's Mass Effect and I fucking love Mass Effect no Mass Effect is EA Johnny I said Activision but he has a stake in yeah he has act yeah he has a stake in EA also yeah so and then they have Bioware yes yeah. So, fuck, as much as I love it, I gotta say, like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck them. And then he has a portion of Take-Two, which publishes GTA. Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> well, I skipped the last one. I guess so. Yeah. So, if I skipped this one, alright. I mean, yeah, this definitely this definitely will make me question whether I want the next Call of Duty. This will definitely... I mean, he doesn't have a controlling stake, though. He has, like, 3%. He's not calling the shots. But the fact that he probably will be, you know, profiting from his investment does pose a uh, moral dilemma for us, I guess. I don't know. We'll have to see how. I want. I'm curious to see, because this is the only article I've seen of it so far. I'm curious to see what other uh, media outlets, what their take will be on this. Will there be, like, some kind of, conde- con- uh, not condemnation. Backlash, yes, against. I don't know if they can decide who buys their shares. I don't think it works that way, right? You can't do that. You can't. You can't discriminate against who owns you. It's like, oh crap! Now we're associated with this bastard. Like, yeah, that's why. That's why I am sort of mixed because, like, the thing is, what kind of influence is that? Like, it's only three, right? He definitely. He's Paul. Um, I don't want to say definitely for sure, but more than likely, he has a seat at the board. Yeah, but it's like China. Once they start buying a little fucking piece of it, they start telling you, like, well, you can't do this and you can't do that. Like, you gotta start modifying your films to to appease the people over here. Like, the fact that he likes Call of Duty and the fact that I don't think Saudi Arabia has ever been depicted as an antagonistic force in Call of Duty games makes me think that Call of Duty will be, for the most part, it'll probably stay left untouched. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at the EA portion. 
I don't think he cares about Mass Effect. I don't. I think he just wants EA because EA is a moneymaker. Take two. I don't know. Is he going to try to censor GTA? I I highly doubt it. I, I highly doubt he cares enough. He probably, if anything, he probably just thinks like these are the biggest companies making moves. This is like where the future is. He's probably thinking like long term acquisition because you know EA's been on the warp path. You know, chomping down studios. Activision slash Blizzard has also been you know growing. Take two. Mm. Yeah, he probably doesn't mean a whole lot for the company. It's just that. Fuck, man. The association. I'm tired of seeing this shit. Like, what are, what are these, like, Chinese companies? Not Zanga. The other one. Tencent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm tired of them, sh- like, buying up all their fucking studios. I just I, I just don't want that shit no more. You and I have mentioned in the past how, I think, last week or even two weeks ago, like, there's definitely a, a consolidation going on where yeah. th- things are just getting, you know, they're ripe for the picking, just being, you know, scooped up all over the place. Mm-hmm. So this is troubling indeed, and I guess we'll see how we'll see if this um has, sends any ripples or waves in the future in terms of stories. But as for that, that's pretty much all we have. It was a kind of a slow news week. I mean, there like I said, there were just some things that happened, but nothing really like I felt like bringing to the table. All right, so let's do your your little. Well, hold on before we go on to that. I wanted to see Johnny. What else? What are you? What have you been playing this past week? What have you been keeping up with? You still hey, did you play Fortnite this past week at all? Yeah, a little bit. Just a couple of matches, nothing new. How do you feel about the announcement of Ryu and Chun Li coming to Fortnite tomorrow? That's not a big deal. It's cool, but it, it doesn't do anything for me. You don't want to play as the very thick thighed Chun Li going out there shooting everybody? No, because you gotta buy the skins, and I don't. I don't really do microtransactions like that. I'll occasionally do uh, DLCs. I'm wondering how that's going to fit with the overall theme of hunters, because neither Ryu nor Chun Li seems like a hunter type character. I wonder how that fits. I mean, that, I mean, it's a separate thing. I mean, it's not part of the whole hunters theme of the season. Are you talking about the Mandalorian thing? Yeah, because they had like the whole hunter theme. Like that's the thing, right? Because of the mode, no, right? It's probably just a skin. Yeah, that'd be dope if they had some type of mode for it. Because uh, did you play that Mandalorian um, mode? No, that was pretty fine. The hunters one, right? No, yeah. I haven't played it yet. I, I really play just traditional solo, bare bones Fortnite. Yeah, Andrew doesn't know how to build. I hate building. Been playing this for years and doesn't know. How to build. We mentioned this last week too. If you could just take out, give us a designated mode with no building and just get let me go loose and shoot and not worry about buildings. Can't. There's a lot of modes that you need to build. Like they have a mode where uh, the lava rises in the map. You can't survive without building, dude. Okay, then don't put lava. <laughs> It's not that hard, Johnny. Yeah, but then we have less modes. All right. What else have you been playing, Johnny? What else? I uh, beat Little Nightmares. Yeah. Uh, you are one chapter away from beating it, right? I'm a ch- I just started the chapter after the hospital, so you tell me. So how do you feel about it? Uh, the game got a lot creepier since the last time I talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I anything that involves like mannequins or things that move when you're not looking at them terrifies me yeah silent hill actually has a very similar enemy like there's a certain type of mannequin enemy in silent hill where if you don't look at it it moves and if you don't look at it long enough it will kill you <laughs> and this mannequins in they feel i think i said this last week where i said this game feels very like silent hillish even more so now i'm much further cemented into that idea that this game feels like a cutesy little big planet spin on silent hill or a silent hill spin on little big planet 
it, the game oozes uh, creepiness. Each time those mannequins would grab me, like, I literally, Johnny, I'm not exaggerating, I would literally kind of, like, get chills. Like, really? Yeah, it's it's hard for me to put into exact words, but each time my little character just got grabbed and, like, either from the long neck lady just chomping me down or the big butcher guy grabbing me or anything, like, I just felt so bad for my character. I did feel bad. I didn't, I didn't feel like you did, but, like, chills or whatever i felt yeah i'll get goosebumps i felt sad like every time my little dude got eaten or or just crushed by a bookshelf or something i was like no that was more comical to me that was more comical than tragic just because like oh something fell on me like that was like kind of like a looney tunes acme moment kind of thing i didn't like that i didn't like i'm not hopefully it doesn't happen further in the game but i really hated whenever the environment would kill me just because you know I didn't know that thing was coming when it's like the buckets that swing around mm-hmm. and little things like that. But then you mentioned, what did you mention about that? You said that's intent, like, yeah, it seems like there's no way to get around it. Your first playthrough, the game doesn't seem to punish you too much for dying, right? Well, you just respawn right away. Exactly. Sometimes the checkpoints are way too far, though. You'll see I, that in the next chapter. No, yeah, I experienced that with uh, when you're coming down the towards the camera, the hallway with the hands reaching from the doors. Mm-hmm. Every time I messed up the part where the mannequin chases you down, right, right, yeah, crawling. Yeah. Every time I failed that, I felt like the checkpoint before that was way too far for me. Like I hated that. There are some moments where, yeah, like I mentioned last time, the game feels clunky. And you said that's intentional in terms of like controls. Like that's it's designed that way on purpose to feel kind of loose, kind of floaty. I I I wish the t- the controls were tighter. The atmosphere, I think the atmosphere is perfect. I even though I hate how it feels, I love the feeling. I love how much I hate certain things in the game. If that makes sense. Yeah. I love. I really am glad I tried the demo for this game. I'm really enjoying it. But uh, I've been just so busy this week with work and other not work stuff. What gives you more uh, resistance? I don't know if that's the right word, but Resident Evil or this game? Resistance? Yeah, like when you're about to hit a corner, you're not sure if you want to run through it, if you want to, like, anxiety. Uh, I still get more anxiety from Resident Evil. Okay. Just because this game, Little Nightmares 2, is less, again, less punishing for deaths. Yeah. Then again, I guess the newer Resident Evil is you can instantly retry the same thing, so it's not so bad. It's more the more recent Resident Evil games are more forgiving too. They feel more arcadey. Arcadey, yeah, that's the right word. Um, I guess in I guess in Little Nightmares, the fact that you're unarmed completely makes me feel a little more skittish when it comes to like, oh, I heard something, or what was that sound, or like, what's that thing moving like just around the corner. I think little the the fact that you're so unarmed, so helpless, and you really have to rely on the environment to do the fighting for you. Mm-hmm. I feel like Little Nightmares Two is better at kind of making you feel that dread of of advancing. But it's also satisfying, like when you have to kill something. You're so tiny, right? And you're killing shit all around you. That's satisfying. Yeah, when you do, there's a few moments where like with the big cute with the big human you know uh humanoid Mm -hmm. characters that are hunting you and you do find sort of you kind of happen into it's a lot of luck but it's scripted for you to find very convenient but also satisfying ways to finish them off yeah 
whether it's the furnace or the just the well-placed shotgun that you just pull the trigger at the mm-hmm. right time. It's uh, getting getting through those moments definitely feels like an accomplishment in a sense of like, yes, I did that. Like, yeah, like take that. Mm-hmm. When you do have those visceral kind of victories or those moments, they feel well-earned. They feel, it feel like an accomplishment. They feel good. It feels good to, you know, like, okay, I'm done with this area. Let's move on to the next chapter. Like, I, there's not many games I can say lately where I feel like accomplishment. I just feel, it. I'm having a good time. Honestly, I'm, I'm really enjoying the game. I just, I just been so busy. So I've only got, I've only advanced one chapter since last time. But am I only a chapter away from the ending? If I'm just starting the fourth one? Yeah, I know where you're at. You're, you're about a chapter away. So there's five total then, basically. It feels like three, but yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Anyways. So what's next on your thing? Um, like I said, I only play like a little bit, and what I played was mostly a uh, Cold War. So now we get to what I now consider my favorite part of this podcast, and that is the pitch, Johnny. The pitch, because. It is so much fun doing this for me. So, as we discussed last time, Johnny... Uh, this is all on you. You're the one who's going to be picking. No, I chose last time. This is, this is your turn. Fine, okay. But if it goes too fast, then it's going to be you. So, if for those of you who don't know, the pitch is where, I guess, Johnny and or I choose from two separate containers a piece of paper describing, one, a genre of video game, and the other, a setting of a game. And we combine those together and pitch the resulting game. I'm trying to reach deeper because I'm trying to see if I can get a... Hopefully one that I haven't... I'm trying not to look. i trying not to look. I can't tell. Johnny, am I going further? Can you see? Uh, you're fine. Okay. I think I got two. I'm trying to get one. Okay, here we go. And... The other one, Let me try to get something, hopefully that's not too much the same. Hopefully it's not a repeat of one of the ones we did last week. All right, so this one is Fantasy, which is the one that Johnny got. <laughs> and Music nice. Rhythm. No, nah, come on. This is weird because one is one I got last week and the other one you got last week. I'll show you go for another one. Okay, yeah, you know what? Yeah, just because these both came up last week. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's fair. Okay. So let me see here. Let's try to make this. I don't want it to be the exact repeat of last week. All right. I think I probably didn't shake these well enough. All right. Here we go. I got visual novel. (laughs) Okay, so it's a story, basically. In Asia, which I also got last week. That's fine. That's It's different enough, I think. Right? Not really. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. This is the third time I'm going to do this. I, I forgot which chart is which one. Well, they're both different. So just. Okay. Just I know which one them. this is. Okay. This is the other one. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm doing like so many re- redos of this one. Okay. So we're keeping the visual novel, and this one's space. Oh, okay. So it's a space visual novel. So visual novels are kind of like the Telltale games where you kind of just put the... There's a QTE, maybe, and you have to make a choice. Stuff like that. 
So a visual novel in space. Okay. All right. So I'm pitching the idea of a human colony in space. There's a space. It's a big space colony rotating. You know, think of like the International Space Station, but just jumbo size rotating in space. Okay. And the colony is running out of resources. Uh, the sun that we've been using for our solar energy is going to go supernova soon. All right. And it is up to you as the, just for the sake of story, this colony randomly decides on somebody to be the person in charge of solving the issue. Or stopping a supernova. Okay. You know what? Your character is the smartest scientist on board of this space colony. All right. Think of the situation as kind of like Deep Impact or Armageddon, where they get the smartest person to try to figure out how do we avoid this natural catastrophe. Okay. So the choices you make in this visual novel are mostly based on. Let's see. Do I want to do morality? Do I want to make there be an obvious paragon, obvious bad renegade? Renegade. That's the one. Where I, for some reason I'm just thinking Mass Effect in space. Yeah. <laughs> like, do I want there? Can, should this game be based on, like, do you want to doom this, the colony on purpose, maybe? So is that the villain, though? The supernova? I guess the supernova is the the active antagonizing force, but maybe, okay, how about we make it so that... I feel like you cornered yourself. Yeah, you're right. Maybe Your antagonist is just... Okay, up. okay, okay. What if the solution is, like, hey, we can get away from the supernova... But we have to jettison some people to like loosen up. Oh, uh, I like that. So now we have, let's say your character argues for let's do this, you know, by luck, and then they had some some smart some other person's like, hey, no, let's see who's more important and who's not so important. Uh-huh. So we go around. I, I want to make like the the crut the the meat of the game to be like. Getting people to agree with you. So sort of like Mass Effect where you're kind of recruiting your part. Like Mass Effect 2 where you're building this super team. Loyalty missions. Yeah. But in this case, you're kind of trying to win people over to your side to make your faction the bigger faction when it comes to like the final vote at the end. Mm-hmm. So let's say we're going to do favors for people. We're going to solve problems. That's going to be the meat of the game. And as we do these things, people will be like, okay. Like when the time comes, like I'll be on your side when it comes to deciding like how, like, you know, who to get rid of. Yeah, and then by the end of the game, it's a space game though. What, what yeah, that's it? the It's a sp- the setting is space. But what other spacey things can I spacey do? Spacey things. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want me to do is like there, supply runs to like planets and crap, or what? Is there like wormholes, portals, uh, ray guns? What we what do we have? Oh, that would be. You know what? I I like this. I like the wormholes idea. Let's have it so that I'm, I'm gonna pull an EA and come up with like a very very unsatisfying ending. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna pull a Bioware right now and be like, turns out that if you had just if no one had left the space station, like you would eventually come into a wormhole that would have taken you far away from the supernova, anyways. Kind of like, have you seen the mist? Have you seen the movie The Mist, Johnny? Yes, I have. Do you remember at the end of the movie when he kills himself and his family because they see no escape, and then like five minutes later the yeah, army shows up? Yes. Yes. Let's go for that. Let's go for that kind of ending that kind of is like, wow, like shocking awe, but also kind of pisses you off in a way. Uh-huh. 
that's what the that's what I'm going for. So you build you do all these we call them loyalty missions. Yeah. You do maybe like I don't know. We'll do what the Mass Effect does with the spacey stuff. Like we'll send probes to random planets. Just well, I'm thinking about uh, what's it called? Um, Borderlands. No, what's that? What was the latest one called? Borderlands Three. No, the one, <laughs> the one, the quick action. Oh, quick Tales action. from the Borderlands. Yeah, yeah. So it's I'm assuming it's that type of game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. We have chapters. You recruit different important people, important, important figures from the space station. So what's the background for your? Um, protagonist you are the one of the public servants aboard the space station you are the person in charge of i was gonna say security but i feel like that would give you kind of like a muscle advantage in terms of like weapons you are the public service person in charge of like maintenance in terms of like air conditioning crap oxygen you said he was really smart though yeah, that's why you have to be you have to be smart to be able to do like engineering stuff. Okay. So there's my premise. You have the character. Uh, I'll let you name the character. You can do that. You know, you enter your name, whatever. You can do that. You can take care of that. I don't want to. But the premise is you are trying to save your space colony. You're about to be killed by a supernova. You need to jettison. You need enough oxygen to survive the the trip. So you need to get rid of some people. You want to do it dispassionately, Thanos style, randomly, fair. But this other guy is like, nah, we're going to have like the richest and the most important people survive and the poors can go screw themselves. So the antagonist is saying this. Yes. All right. And what this guy could be the head of like the randomly. security. Yeah. That's people ha- people have to be sacrificed either way. That's not fair. It is fair if it's random. What if you're... What if randomly you pick a bunch of young people? One is clearly again. It's kind of like it's kind of like the purge, where the purge is supposed to be like, hey, like all crime is free for everybody, right? But you can tell, like, hey, there's a very disproportionate amount of people dying. It's the people who can't afford to like defend themselves, like they can't pay for weapons and crap. Okay. So it's kind of like that, but with a space twist. Okay. All right. So the purge in this case is a supernova. The people who have to die can either be randomly or it can just be only the poor and unfortunate people. But the twist at the end is you didn't have to make a choice after all because everybody would have survived if you just waited for the wormhole to, you know, for you to drift towards the wormhole and escape to the other side of the universe. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my pitch for what I would call... Mm, we'll call it Solar Dilemma. Solar, no, nah, it's too on the nose. The dilemma shouldn't be part of it. Mm. Hmm. Spatial collapse. That's pretty good. Yeah, we'll go with spatial collapse. And obviously, the best people for this would either be tell, would be Telltale Games or Bioware. What's the theme again? It's space and what? Space visual novel. Man, I feel so uh, restricted with visual novel. That's the gameplay type. Yeah, that's the genre. Well, space is the theme, the setting, but the genre of game is visual novel. That is the game I would... That that genre is something I just don't fuck with. 
Didn't you play? Did you have you played the Walking Dead games, the Telltale games? Yeah, I played the one for Borderlands, and I thought that was great. There you go. It, no, it was good execution for what it was. Oh, it wasn't good in spite of being. No, the story was really good. Okay. But every time I have to mess with those controls, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just, just get through the story. Like there should just be X all the fucking time. So you like the like, premise? Just press X just to continue. Like there's no point of like. Double tap, do this, that, and like, no. Just just let me watch it. Well, the idea is if you don't do it correctly, they you you, you, you fail somehow. And usually in these games, I let myself fail a couple times because I just want to see what happens if I fail. <laughs> to see the alternate? Yeah. Do you ever do that? Like, what if not I don't really. save this person? And it's like, oh, they get killed. Like, okay. No, not really. I just try to get through it. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was my pitch. Thank you to our listeners, as always. If you enjoy our pod, then please subscribe and or rate us on your choice of podcast app. It really helps us out. If you would like us to answer your questions or comments, then send them to the DuoSense podcast, all one word, at yahoo.com. Johnny, do you have any closing remarks, questions, statements? No, see you next week, two weeks, whatever. (laughs) Until next time, do take care. Bye.